Adventure has its own style. It's made of tall trees, unpaved trails, and at the center, the most capable Subaru Forester yet, the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. It comes with 9.2 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and advanced dual-function X-Mode. Discover adventure on a deeper level, the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. podcast with me, Kiri Bridge-McLean. This week, I'm chatting to cabaret icon and RuPaul's Drag Race star, Joe Black. Joe's athletic on stage is a flawless sort of haunted Hollywood glamour, and off stage, he's very tailored and with a lovely side serving of Tim Burton, I'd say. Now, I think Joe's approach to repurposing and adapting clothes as they wear is really great and quite inspiring and just the excuse I need to hang on to every battered sequin top that I own. Honestly, I promise I can't get rid of it, babe. It's going to be something beautiful one day. Now, Joe and I first met properly in 2019 whilst we were filming Susie Ruffles episode of The Comedy Bus, but in my previous life as a producer, I worked on shows that Joe was a part of and I've obviously been a long-time admirer of his skills on stage, but mainly his style just always looks absolutely incredible, so put together. Now, you might hear a few sniffs from Joe, their tics, to quote him, no, it's not a glamorous coke habit, it's just my Tourette's. This interview was recorded in April 2021. Joe was at home in Brighton, and I was, as ever, in my cupboard. So kick back and enjoy me asking Joe Black, who are you wearing? I always got obsessed with villain, villain dress. For me, it always comes back to to villains. Um, you know, I couldn't tell you what a protagonist wore in something, but I can tell you what the villain wore. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Even as a kid, like... Which I think says probably a lot about me is I was really obsessed with the late 80s Tim Burton Batman. So the Jack Nicholson Joker. And I used to um, recreate his death scene by jumping off my bed. So I used to paint my face up like the Joker (laughs) and jump off my bed and pretend Batman pushed me off a building. Um, So I remember that. But also, you know, okay, like the Cruella de Vils and, you know, the Ursulas and the kind of campy thing. But that didn't reflect in what. I didn't really find an enjoyment of dressing. I enjoyed dressing up at school. So when you have like the dressing up box, so we, you know, I would always dress as a witch and they'd tell me, you know, you can't dress as the witch. Um, and I would dress as the witch. Um, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed dressing up for that um, and for like school plays and stuff, but it didn't really on a personal level. I think I was maybe 14. When I really like started enjoying, well, or may, at least thinking about what I was wearing, I remember like going, "I want to be goth," right at like thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> and what I, uh, you know, my, I mean, my, I come from like a very kind of working class council estate Portsmouth um, family. So my, you know, my mum had no idea what it was. So as far as we were concerned, it was just wearing black. <laughs> so I just had the same polo shirts and trackies that I was wearing as a teenager. But in black. <laughs> um, so that was the first step. Um, and then kind of maybe like 14, I, I, I kind of discovered you, you're, uh, you know, you kind of tacky goth brands of like, you know, the living dead dolls jackets and stuff. So it was like pinstripe jackets with loads of zips on them and spikes and, and, and stuff like that. And it was I enjoyed 
that kind of um it, it's to give that kind of outward appearance of of who you are mm. and that obviously develops <clears throat> as you get older like i think now you know i might be wearing a, a double breasted suit that's like very dark orange and dark blue but uh, i feel like i'm 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 more kind of goth an alternative now than i ever was as a teenager <laughs> um it's it's and you you find a way to develop that style into something you like like i still i still manage to look quite alternative and dark while wearing uh, just a, a nice suit mm. i think yeah um it was wearing black yeah wearing black is how it began and then and then looking like i was in cradle of filth <laughs> um Kind of like start seeping in a little bit. Then I really got into the Dresden Dolls, which was kind of the main kind of realization that I liked cabaret stuff. Is that because I was in alternative crowds? You know, mm. we listened to heavy music, we listened to punk music, we listened to you know that sort of stuff. And then discovering the Dresden Dolls, where it was like punk but with a piano and drums, and then realizing their influences were, uh, you know, the cabaret and, and musical theater and and all of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, started wearing like bowler hats and, you know, I was like 15, 16 wearing like bowler hats. <laughs> it's, I'd wear them to school. Um, you know, and I also like grew up my nails because um, I didn't understand the, the concept of false nails. So I grew up my own ones and filed them into points. Amazing. Pretty fucking scary, to be honest. <laughs> when I think about it, I was like, I was going, I was going to like the roughest school in, 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 in Portsmouth terrifying but with like sharpened nails wearing pinstripe suits and bowler hats <laughs> but because i was a good student the teachers let me do it you know it, 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 i wasn't rebelling i was still doing all my work and being polite and nice and things so they let me they let me get on with it it'd be over my school uniform though of course so i'd have like the school like polo shirt but then with all that stuff over the top what a little icon. I once wore a gauntlet to school. I just remember this. I had like a like a leather gauntlet covered in spikes. And I bought it in like, I think I'm, I either bought it in Camden Market on like a day trip with friends or like Brighton uh, on a, on a <clears throat> day trip with friends. Because Portsmouth wasn't that far from um, Brighton. I live now, but uh, I'm, I'm, I, it was either Brighton or Camden. And I got this like leather gauntlet. And can you go into like... The scariest, scariest school in, like, a fairly rough city at the time, um, wearing, like, leather-spiked gauntlets. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a weapon, but it wasn't. It was a fashion statement. <laughs> I love that it's so, like, again, like, high-camp glamour. But <laughs> even though it's, like, you've not looked at it and thought, I'm going to I'm gonna beat someone up with that. You're like, well, that is going to look so good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, this, in this camp, in this camp... <laughs> that's it. it's uh, I, like you know people talk about fashion being armor i look at armor and go oh that's fashion <laughs> As i do i i guess so i like i like the marvel films because some of the art the armor people are wearing kate blanchett as as the the goddess of death i'm like that is that's some nice armor uh -huh. that's some nice armor <laughs> Love it. So what about when you were a little kid then? Did you did you have a sense of style? Like who who was dressing you? Were you doing your own thing or were you just wearing what everyone else wore? I think I was just wearing what everyone else wore. I don't think, you know, uh, it's strange looking back and like suddenly, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people do this. We look back and realise they didn't have a lot of money as a family. So I think I probably, yeah. uh, you know, I probably had like hand-me-downs and stuff. I have no, I see like pictures of myself and stuff in like little dungarees and t-shirts and, and, and stuff, but I've got no recollection of of dressing i remember i had this one shirt that was um my mum's still very much one of those save it for best types and best never comes and she's just got this thing that she refuses to wear because it's saved for best and she'll wear it once to someone's wedding or something um i had this like ben sherman shirt that someone had given us and i uh, that was my shirt for best so i wore it to family parties <clears throat> That's the only kind of like younger, like really specific dressing memory I had. Um, and my mum, my mum's still the same now. She has all these things. And that's why I stopped. I used to buy her like clothes and shoes and stuff for Christmas and her birthday. Uh, and like or handbag. I started then trying to buy handbags and purses because I thought, oh, she'll use those in the daytime. But when you hand her a fancy purse, she puts it in a box and she'll put her stuff in it when she has it for best. <clears throat> which I don't... Um, <laughs> Which I try to combat. Like, I, I try to get nice things and wear them. But there's still that weird ingrained thing in my head from my mum going, save it for best. So there's stuff that mm. I need to, like, 
tease myself out by wearing a few times before I get like properly invested in like, no, 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 I can just wear this. <laughs> I can just wear this. And I start like, if I'll buy, if I'll do like some big event or something and buy myself one really nice splashy thing, I'll then be too scared to wear it because I'll go, well, that was, that was a lot of money. And then I won't wear it. And then I realized that I have this thing I spent money on that has not been used. So I'm trying to fight that. Wow, that's so interesting. It's amazing that stuff that stays with us as kids, isn't it? That takes us all the way through. So you had your Ben Sherman shirt for best. I love it. I imagine I had a button-down collar. Oh, yes. Of course. Um, and then what... Do you remember being given or being made to wear anything that you hated? That you're like, this, I, I hate being in this. No, I don't. Do you know what? I don't actually. Um, my, I mean, my mum's always been... Uh, super supportive of everything especially as I got older and I started doing other things she never once said Joe, what are you doing she'd just go well you know you're happy and you love um no I have no recollection of being made to to wear to wear things I didn't I didn't like that's amazing I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I've had a few hissy fits in my life but um yeah I can't remember having any particular explosive moments about um clothes because i'm sure i would have said something as well i think i was that kind of um that kind of child <laughs> well did so did you have an outfit that you would put on and you would just feel great in as as a kid or as a teenager that you're like this is it this is me well i do i do you know i do remember going on holiday to blackpool um which is a very different experience as an adult i must say but as a child <laughs> going to blackpool and i remember my mum bought me this darth maul from star wars episode 1 fancy dress costume and i used to wear that quite a lot including like a big scary rubber mask and everything but it was mostly about the capes uh the capes and the robes and i remember wearing that quite a lot and i don't know if i went out in it but i remember going around blackpool um in in the in the cape and stuff and going around this B&B um, <laughs> we stayed in um, wearing this Darth Maul robe um, yeah that's that's a good one remind me what the question was again because I just started thinking about Darth Maul I was Maul's saying was robes. there an outfit that you put on that you just felt like you had a favourite outfit that you just felt great in and to be honest a cape is a great answer <laughs> yeah a cape, a cape is a good one I mean I still have that now where I have like um in fact, this outfit is one that I do if, I, if I'm if i doing something that's like, I want to look nice and presentable and like comfortable. This one I'm wearing right now is my, my go-to one. So I, I'll often, people often, they see screenshots from, from podcasts or uh, interviews. I am often wearing this because I feel like really nice in it. Yeah. I feel like I am both ready to do business and look stylish. Oh, I love it. That's the that's uh, for for that. And as a teenager and stuff, I think probably there was that pinstripe suit with like loads of zips and chains on it. I remember putting that on and feeling fantastic, and I'd wear it all the time. And thinking back to it, it was probably like the most cheaply made, nastily made thing <laughs> that you could have possibly got. And I remember it had no lining, um, and it was probably really ill fitting. But at the time, I loved it. Yeah. Because it was my goth thing, you know. <laughs> it was for me being a goth. I think it's great that you, because um, obviously what you're wearing now is gorgeous, but I think it's good that you're saying like, oh, if I, you might see me on podcast with it on, or, you know, if you if you need something where you feel like you, but you want to look presentable, but it's not also like hours and hours of getting into drag or, or you know, like putting together, you'll wear this. Because also I think there's this weird pressure. It's on comedians as well in terms of tele appearances. Um, and it seems to be drag of like not wearing the same thing twice or not being seen in the same thing twice. And it's the culture it, it contributes towards is, is really unhealthy. I have opinions about this. <laughs> I have opinions. Are you ready? I'm ready, babe. I, I uh, like you said, the, I think um, the culture it, it makes is, is really, really unhealthy. And it means people don't <clears throat> put, they're not passionate about, because once it's done, it's done. And what what is the point in <clears throat> putting energy and time and love and creativity? You know, you wouldn't do a show and do it once, would you? You know, I mean, yeah. maybe like for like a special one-off event, but then that's a a thing. You know, <clears throat> people put time and effort that that that, and that is like an item of clothing that can be mm. used. It can be it can become part of your 
your fiber and your being. I like the idea of having like uniforms, to be honest. For, for, for drag, like I'll have a rotation of things I wear a lot because they feel really me. And when I put them on, it's not changing my identity because that's they've been made curated to my identity. They reflect me. I'm not, it's not wearing me, I'm wearing it. And it's a, it's a part of me. So also I think there's something really lovely about you know, you see something online and then you go see someone in person and they're wearing the thing and you think, oh, I like that. Mm. That's really nice. And also, on the other point, it's just wasteful. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think it sets an un- um, unrealistic expectations of uh, you always have to, it's the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And that's like uh, the social media content. You know, someone can put weeks, months into, say, one image, put it up on Instagram, and the next week it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Like, it, it, it all contributes to to that. I love the idea of having this beautiful thing that you, you keep wearing again and again until it's, I've got things that just keep being repaired because I really like them. And the reason I have them is because I really like them. And if I really like it, why wouldn't I keep wearing it? Mm. You know, I'm, I, I'm for some. I'm quite lucky that no one really says to me, "Are you wore that again?" Um, uh, for some reason, I seem to, you know, never get pulled up on it. But uh, you know, when someone does, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, time and love and money was spent on this. Why wouldn't I'm gonna wear it again and again and again because it makes me feel good. Yeah. And if you keep churning stuff out, eventually also you're going to have a load of shit as well. Mm. You know, if you if you have to have a new idea every week, some of those ideas are going to be terrible. Yeah. Some of those executions would be terrible. Why not, you know, make use of these these beautiful, wonderful things you have um, or rehome them. Do a swap with someone. Change for their outfit that they wore last week if you want to, if you want to, like, have a new thing. And they can wear the one you wore the week before. Yeah. Also... The planet's on fire. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that as well. Um, it's you know you've got that fabric, use it, and then like I, I'll collect these things to you know take them apart and put them into other stuff. Like I've got loads of old costumes that maybe didn't feel very me anymore, or maybe I don't know. I I decided I don't like the fit anymore, and I'll like cut them up and put them other stuff. Like I've made headpieces out of you know old broken jewelry and a cape that had some appliques on it and you know and and, and make them into something else and give them a new give them a new life it's so lovely because also there's so much thought and love and creative like that that headpiece isn't just a headpiece that you've just bought from someone Mm -hmm. it's like it's a piece of art you've made that's had a journey and it means that things that because i love one of the reasons i love vintage clothes is you i feel like you can feel the story Mm -hmm. and so you that thing doesn't die and go to landfill or you know be shredded down and weighed in somewhere it becomes something it evolves into something else beautiful to be worn for another 50 60 years mm-hmm. it's great i mean aaron yesterday was it yesterday or the day before he um he went on a trouser repair uh mission for some reason he was just going through all his trousers and just doing some edits and stuff and he made we had these old curtains <clears throat> that we just liked the fabric and then one day i came home and he was just boop, and he'd made some trousers out of them. He was like, "Well, they were really nice, like <laughs> like uh, a know, von make... trap." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, things can be put to use. And obviously, like um, there might be some people listening to this going, "But Joe, didn't that thing happen to you on television?" And they'll go, "That's very high street, isn't it?" Um, <laughs> the uh, you know that infamous the H&M moment. moment. The H and M moment, and do you know what? I got that because I was like, "I'll wear that in the daytime." Yeah, that's what it was. It was like it was a quick fix. I don't know how to dress for pop. I've been told to do pop. That's a pink dress. Everyone else will have pink. Do you know what? They did have pink as well. <laughs> I was right, and I was like, "I'll wear that in the daytime." And now I can never wear it because I'm gonna. Well, because it's been uh, raffled off for charity. But uh, uh, oh no, because. I was waiting to see what you turned it into. <laughs> oh no, it's uh, no. We so far we've raised ten thousand pounds. That's amazing for for uh, uh, the Sussex Beacon in Brighton, which is a, a HIV um, and AIDS support charity. Um, so yeah, we I mean we raised five thousand in like two days, uh, and then H and M donated five thousand as well. That's amazing. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like yeah, I everything else I had for 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 drag race and stuff was all. Everything kind of had a story, 
attached to it you know mm. if things were made from old curtains or cereal boxes and oh I had this but then I found this person that did this and I thought if I combine this with this that you know everything had a story but obviously that was the uh that became the uh infamous moment didn't it <laughs> well not I mean not not to yes it did in terms of like memes and chat but like I I think because I've known you for longer so I've known you we met doing the comedy burst but before that I used to work and I would sort of have an eye over producing the brilliant Lily Lascala's Gilded Lily and mm-hmm. another fucking variety show which you would appear in so I have known your work for many years and also just known that your your aesthetic is incredible you're like a you're like a a walking slice of like Hollywood glamour, but that's trapped in a haunted house. Yes, so it's yes. Like this. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's, it, that's one of the things is that a lot, like obviously with the with the substantial like instant promo pro, like profile boost that came with Drag Race, uh, people straight away went right. You're the scary one, you know. You're the goth <laughs> one. But then now people are starting to like clock on uh, to stuff, and they're starting to see things and go. Well, that's very Joe Black. And it's all not, you know, it's not horror and gore. It's like someone said, I feel like Joe Black lives here. And it was a picture of like this weird crooked house in the distance next to a railway track. But it was on fire. <laughs> uh, and But but it was like a nice glamorous house. But it was just a bit wrong. Yeah. Um, and now people are starting to clock on. To, and that, I, yeah, thank you. That's that I think is the best way to put it is um, <laughs> uh, uh, glamour, but in a haunted house. Um, but I also like the idea of glamour but just a bit too much. <laughs> Do you know, it's when it's to to the point of like, I think you might have gone too far. <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, t- t- like high thin eyebrows were all the rage and, you know, the, the, the 20s. But I'll just make mine just a little bit higher <laughs> and a little bit thinner so that I just look a little bit off. But I love that. Yeah, just a little it bit. It reminds me of when I, I remember going up, I'd, I'd always see her in the Iceland in Bangor, this old woman who was of that era and she had these you know very thin still doing her own face even though she clearly can't see and these very thin arch eyebrows drawn on and like babes you're not fooling anyone but like that kind of like still putting on a face to go to Iceland still got these thin and then just like jewels over every finger jewels 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 and you know like this woman sounds amazing (laughs) she was great she was really good I wonder how she's doing (laughs) I don't I don't imagine she's still with us these these days because this is when I was quite young but yeah I remember she was certainly caught my eye and I just thought you're doing everything you're doing there is for you as well which was such a Mm -hmm. nice thing to see I love it it's it's that Dolly Parton thing isn't it when Dolly says about how she saw the, the, the the town tramp and, she, and, and yeah. that she found that the most inspiring thing. Yeah, wasn't it a local sex worker and everyone was like, oh, you know, like you don't look like her. And she had these long red nails and these big boobs and blonde curly hair. And she was like, I want to look exactly like that. Mm. And it is, yeah, it's it's inspiring, isn't it? It's for I you. It. It's for you. Mm, totally. So when you were a teenager, what were the big, trends did you go in for any of them no i think it was probably shell suits wasn't it um no i you know i don't think i've ever owned one never owned one <laughs> um uh, no and then obviously there's the i mean there was the kind of emo thing which uh you know i i did partake in perhaps some skinny jeans and um <laughs> colorful plastic bangles at some point um you know with with with, with a floppy fringe um but I, uh, I no way nowadays I don't really get the the trends and stuff. I sometimes feel like old man shouts at cloud. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm going, why are you silly kids? It's the the one that gets me now is the sunglasses that don't serve any purpose of sun as sunglasses. Do you know when people wear those tiny, uh, the thin kind yeah. of like nineties. <laughs> Uh, kind of Charlie XCX type thing. I don't. I don't know. I like my sunglasses to be functional but stylish. Um, uh, but these tiny little thin ones. It's like that's not protecting your eyes. What are you gonna do when this? Where you don't want to damage your eyes, you lunatics. That's the one. I know you were talking about when I was a kid, but I guess that's like a repeat, isn't it? It's that kind of, um, you know, Y two K. You know, because I was born in eighty nine. Uh, so uh, yeah, it would have been the '90s, early 2000s. Would have been the the fashion movements that I would have um, been privy to. 
Uh, but that kind of Y2K thing, I don't, I don't know, because it didn't feel cool when I was there anyway. Yeah. And now I'm seeing people younger than me doing it, who everyone is saying is really cool. And I, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm over here in a suit going, what's wrong with you damn kids? <laughs> um, not that I'll tell anyone how to dress, but um, protect your eyes. <laughs> so um, did you have a rebellious phrase as a teenager did it did it show up in your clothes or was that the was that the bowler hat years uh, do you know i don't think i ever really rebelled because i don't there was no one trying to stop me Lovely. um in, in like a close to me anyway obviously society um but uh, you know obviously i'd get like shit in the street and stuff because it was you know it was in portsmouth it was you know men is men type type thing so but you know my mum never tried to stop me for anything you know i was well behaved at school teachers kind of let me get on with it so you know i I turned up at school in eyeliner and black lipstick as well and no one said anything i mean obviously the other kids were like what the fuck is this but (laughs) like you know kind of authority figures never never really uh, tried to stop me really which i think is nice and i'm really blessed really i I forget that not everyone has that Mm. um so that's quite a it's quite a privilege uh, I, I think um, to have like especially even with, with, with my mum is that you know she, that that is the person that I think typically would you people would rebel against is the parental uh, figures the authority mm. figure but no there was no there was no pushback so she just kind of you know she was she was buying me tatty old waistcoats at Camden Market if we went up to London for a weekend and you know my hair dye and stuff <laughs> my oh, bowler hats love her absolutely love her so how you are now because as long as i've known you and have been aware of you it feels like you have like your style has been locked in for a while like it's ever evolving and taking bits from everywhere but like mm-hmm. Your kind of like iconic style to me, I feel like has been present for a while. When do you think it's turned up? Like, when do you think you were like, this is me? Like, how many other hats did you try on metaphorically or physically before you got to be Joe Black that we know now? I think it was when I moved from Portsmouth to Brighton and um, tapped into my kind of queerness. Um, and that's when I, I I became surrounded with more other queer people. Whereas in Portsmouth, there was the, you know, there was the Hampshire Boulevard, which was fine, but it was still, you know, you'd go there and, and you'd get a few glares for wearing eyeliner as a, as a man. Um, at the time, you know, it was um, the, the places, I mean, Portsmouth has, has transformed in the past few years. But like mm-hmm. when I was there as a, you know, in my, my teens, well, childhood teens and, you know, very early 20s, it was a different place, even with the kind of a gay scene. But I think it was kind of my, my queerness and then suddenly realizing I can be, um, I can do whatever I want. I can be whatever I want. I, I live in, I live, I live in this place now. Um, I live in a different city. Um, I have these friends. I just, I just do what I want now, and it was uh, realizing, you know, because I didn't technically, as far as I was concerned, really do drag until maybe 2013, 2014. But then looking back, I was like, well, now I still had the makeup and the costumes. I just wasn't in a dress. But it was, it was realizing that because I know I don't want to, and I still don't want to. I'm not trying to do female impersonation, and that was never, never the intention. Um, and still isn't. So I, you know, I use my name. I don't mm. wear breasts. Um, I don't make any attempt to appear. And I'm doing the little bunny thing now for people who can't see. Uh, uh, femininity. Like it's, I just look like what I want to look like. And the idea of, a, you know, a male body in a fishtail dress with a, a finger wave wig. It really appeals to me. It's got that... It's got that element of the, you know, yeah, very traditional cabaret and that kind of... Uh, grotesque is the wrong word but that element of subversion about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know i you know i i love nothing more than a monocle uh, i'll use it as an example with and you know the you know if i think well what would be a lovely what would, what would i like to look like and it's it's a you know a, a fur coat over a nice dress with a monocle you know the elements of the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. you know i've got some claws on but also some chunky rings and you know, I love, I love them. Um, like I love pencil mustache. I mean, I don't like it on myself, but pencil mustaches with lipstick. I just love that as an image. Um, just those combining the masculine and the feminine. And I think there was a moment when I just went, "Fuck, I can do it all. I can combine these things. It doesn't matter." One time I can wear a suit. One time I can wear a dress. I'll just do what I want to do. I'll, and it's still, 
it feels cohesive still. No one, I don't think I confuse anyone with what I'm about. I think it kind of, no matter what I'm wearing, I still manage to spell it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and br- branding's always been really important for me because I think that conveys the sense of escapism with it for for shows where I want people to come and they know, uh, I mean, they don't know what they're going to get in that. They don't know exactly what the show's going to be, but they know they're going to go there. Oh, we're going to have this wild cabaret, you know, smoky Berlin, you know, oh, let's all drink martinis and fuck each other kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of vibe. Do you know what I mean? That kind of dingy, we're just going to escape the realities of the world vibe. Um and as long as I can convey that and make people feel that they're escaping. And that's what I try to do visually is that be like the other. Mm. Um, you know, I don't want to just look like someone in drag because they can see that. Anyway, I want them, people to be intrigued on a choice. You know, why why, why this? Why that? Why that? You know, um, and, and not question it in a, what does that mean? But just go, huh, that's fun. Like, you know, a suit and then a dress. and Because they don't see drag people do that. Mm. It's really interesting because I, this is the thing is I knew you as Joe Black and yes, you're right. I, I That's why I was like, do I remember Joe doing drag when I first came across you? And I was like, no, I don't think, but I do do remember there being like really, I guess f- there being like high glamour that existed in both male and female mm-hmm. words or what you, worlds. And then I guess I, in my head, I conflated it as soon as I saw you were doing like drag race. And when I met you through the comedy bus through, through drag queens. So yeah, but I guess the the space you're inhabiting just has, and the cabaret is quite a free world as well, mm-hmm. isn't it? So people kind of yeah. can create their own genres. You created your own genre, and where you are in the Venn diagram, it has a foot in so many different mm. camps. You can kind of be a bit of everything, and it's yeah. you just built your own thing. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a fence sitter on genres, so I'm kind of welcome in a lot of places, which is really really nice. As far as I'm concerned, there are there are no rules to drag you know there will be gatekeepers within certain things that go no it must be this and this and this and this and i'm like well why why, why does it need to be mm. uh, so I'm, I'm hoping in you know with you know a, a more substantial platform boost that and i've had messages like it uh, already people going oh you've made me think that it doesn't have to be this one thing because mm. i still went on drag race and looked like me i didn't not yeah. You know, I still, whether it worked out or not is, is a different matter, but uh, I didn't do anything else and I would have, and people kept saying to me, you know, would you have changed anything? Like, no, nope, not a thing. Mm. Um, well, why not? You know, it, uh, maybe you could have done this and it's, well, no, I don't, I don't, you know, what was the, what would have been the point in, in, in going on this and not being myself? Mm. Um, whether, you know, whoever's sat there likes something or not or gets it is, is irrelevant because that's, spoken to people that feel like maybe they don't quite fit in because they don't want to do this this and this with drag mm. or this this or this and cabaret or, or or whatever that they can go oh it, it's not this one thing um and that's what you know i hopefully it does that i'm, I'm hoping definitely Right, yeah, so you just just say it again. I don't know how else to explain a podcast to a ghost. Just explain it again. Uh, you listen to it, and we talk to people we like. James Acaster. Yes. Sophie Duker. Yeah. Nish Kumar. Yes. Rosie Jones. Yes. Izzy Sutty. Yes. Darren Harrier. Yeah. There's loads. You listen to them. They tell a spooky story that they've heard about Spook Town. Some of them are horrible little liars. Yeah. It's that simple. I don't understand how you're not getting it. It's really rude. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, it's not a ghost. It's just a smudge on the mirror. Oh. I still don't really know why I didn't get it, but... <sighs> I thought you explained it really well, Ed. Thank you, guys. Welcome to Spooktown. Hey, it's wherever you get your podcasts. No one's judging. Wherever you get your podcasts, you bloody listen. If you want. putting together like yourself as Joe Black on or off stage do you consider your hair and your makeup as part of the outfit as well so off off stage um I like, hair wise I tend to no I mean I had the black and white hair and I've just gone back to orange 
But um, I tend my hair tends to be sort of a bit scruffy, curly, just kind of flopping there. Um, and I don't wear much makeup in the day anymore. I used to. But since I've started having to wear more makeup for work and it's you know remembering what I actually look like as well because mm. if I spend my time in makeup that heavy and also makeup out of it I think there's like an identity thing because I'm not yeah. so attached to it that I have to have it on mm-hmm. um so not only obviously there's the effect of um you know keeping your skin nice and clear uh but it's like a nice kind of break from it to go oh look mm. there's a person here because I share the same name with both so it's yeah. there's I mean that's a whole other thing is the <laughs> subject of identity um but o- on stage my makeup always kind of looks the same like there'll be there'll be it would just be like a color change or maybe a slight um maybe a slight slight cha- um shape change or maybe a lip or an eye but it's always high eyebrows uh, generally a red a red lip of various tones um, and I do these beauty spots, and I've just moved one of them recently. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've I'd all I I moved one of them, and I and I now look at myself, and I'm like, I'm a changed clown. Because <laughs> I used to do so. It's like one above my left eyebrow, two dots under my right eye, and then I used to do one just on my left cheek. And now I do it on the left on my chin, which is the um, the Gloria Swanson beauty yeah. spot. Because that one that one was feeling a bit more Marilyn over there. Um, and I, I moved it here and I feel like a changed person. Like literally all it took. <laughs> that's how that's how like regimented I am with this, the makeup I do is that I move one dot and I'm like, wow, I'm new. I'm fresh. I'm ready. <laughs> um, but I'll go through phases with um, with colours. So at the moment I've been wearing a lot of kind of um, bruisey purples. Oh, lovely. Um, but I've, I've been thinking a lot about blue eyeshadow lately. Uh, I do love blue eyeshadow. It's I I'd say blue is probably my favorite if I had to pick one color to ever wear again. Wow. Because I don't think anything says um kind of glamour butt clown like a red lip and a blue eyeshadow. Oh, okay. I lo- and I very rarely wear blue like outfit wise, but I love a blue eyeshadow because it has that element of kind of I guess clowniness about it, but also is it's a bit tacky and it's garish, but it's very theatrical. Well, when you're in a secondary school and they they want you to do stage makeup, it's a it's a red dot by the eyes and it's blue eyeshadow and it's a it's a red lip. That is literally like basic, you know, Theater. like school stage makeup. So totally. And when I think of a light, I think of that eighties light blue eyeshadow uh-huh. as well. That is it's got a sense of theatre to it. And yeah, clowns as well. So it is tying into all those references. But it's, when I think of it as also that kind of <clears throat> Berlin cabaret thing, when you've got someone with a big, big blue eyeshadow and a small, dark red lip, and then too much blush, uh, and those just down, thin eyebrows, looking very sallow. I love it. Makes me very happy. <laughs> when you did my makeup beautifully, and I still have the shots favorited Green. for comedy bursts, and... Yeah, but it was go- it was like whatever you did to my skin, it made it look flawless without a filter. <laughs> but also, um, the like the eye was pure Cruella Deville. Like I literally looked like a Disney villain. I, oh, and is I, it is it the I large the it. large eyelid effect? Right. Yes, it's so magic. I so I love doing that. It's uh, it's when you put the, and then you put like a light in the middle. So it's it's I do it on myself a lot. It's to give the effect of um, vintage cartoons where they have those really high, tall eyelids. Because um, mm. uh, it, it really changes the shape of the face. Really changes the shape of the face. But I love it. It's got that kind of, I guess the kind of Fleischner cartoon, Betty Boopy kind of uh, like 20s, early 30s animation. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Oh, that was such a fun time. It was so fun. I know. and But I did it and I was like, this is how my makeup should be all the time. <laughs> this is the best I've ever looked. <laughs> I, you know, I remember about that is because, you know, I, I, I up until recently, I'd never been involved in any TV. Um, and obviously you were filming a, a comedy show. And I remember you said something um, and I laughed. And then someone who was like on a camera told me off for laughing. And I was like, oh. what? And then you went. It's TV. We're not allowed to have any fun. 
<laughs> something like that. Because obviously I was interrupting the, the, the line. It's for the audience at home to laugh. But I was like, ha, 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 ha. Um, but of course we couldn't do that because it would have, you know, ruined the shot. Um, but that's I, that's, I remember, I remember that. I can't remember what you said, but it was, um, yes, I had, a, I had a good chuckle. Um, <laughs> when you, um, when you're, when you're putting together like looks now, is, is there any trend that's appeared that you've tried to have a go at and it's just not happening? No, I, I mean, I stay, I stay away from the trends. Uh, sometimes I'll like accidentally, like there'll be something I'm into and I'm like, oh, this is available everywhere at the moment, but I won't clock that <clears throat> it's because it's really popular. Um, kind of tassel earrings was one. I mean, that still happens, but you see them bloody everywhere, mm. and I like them because I think that they they make great appliques. Like you can buy them, you can get them really cheap, and put them like on things, and it just adds the little you know six some stones on it, spread it a different color. You have a gorgeous time. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Yeah, because I'm not really. I'm not really I kind of I'm a bit I'm stuck in how I like to dress but I do this thing where I'll make up clothes and sometimes it's in trend where I'll go I really think this would look nice and it's not I maybe I've seen it somewhere and it's like a subconscious thing um but I'll make up an outfit and sometimes it just happens to be trendy right now and I go oh there it is but because I've seen it possibly like walking past someone and it's just embedded in my mind without me thinking um but yeah no I don't I don't really buy I used to try and buy like fashion magazines and stuff to read on trains. Um, and then I realized that I wasn't into what they were selling. I was into like couture stuff for like a visual mm. impact. But that's not what's in fashion magazines. You know, yeah. you assume it is. Um, but it's it's no. not, you know, it's there's only so many times that you can have a watch advert. You, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's not, especially men's, men's fashion stuff is um, awful. Mm. awful really like men men's sections um in most high street shops is is where creativity goes to die um it's that's why i like wearing women's clothes other than that i like the cuts better like i like point like more shoulder paddy and i like the Mm. way they sit on waists more um i mean breast darts are the bane of my existence because i don't have breasts (laughs) but um finding um Women's clothes is better because it's always just more interesting. Yeah. For high street stuff, anyway. Obviously, then there's that costume and stuff that you get made, but and some men's stuff is is nice, but that tends to be the kind of less affordable. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. You know, you go totally. going into your your your, your, your fancy um, uh, designer places, um, and as lovely as that jacket is, I can't afford. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Cost is such a big part of um, it. Like in terms of that's one of my biggest things with drag races. I think that they should, it should be like same with political parties. There should be a spending cap because it doesn't feel like a level playing field at all. And I think some people can buy their way to, you know, quite far along the competition or even to success. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a um, indicative of their creativity. Or, no, I, you know, I, their... I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think it. Um... It's like, oh, but you don't need things to look, you know, to look expensive and wonderful. It's like, yeah, but you need time. Exactly. Doing drag race, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not afforded a great deal of time to to prepare for it. Um, and there are, and also, I think, you know, even if people do have the money, I don't think that level of risk and bankrupting yourself is is um, uh, acceptable. Mm. Uh, you know, just the just is you know the fact that if someone can throw fifteen thousand pounds to get ready for a competition, but it might be ready. You know, they might spend that fifteen thousand pounds and then leave first, and then they might find themselves in a precarious financial position mm. for the sake of pleasing someone else. I just I find it really really bizarre, and I've spoken about this quite quite a lot actually. I think because I think sometimes I start saying it, and whoever I'm talking to starts like seizing up because they think. RuPaul is going to kill me um, <laughs> in starting this conversation, but no, I think I think it's really really absurd. Is is what I've, I've called it before? Is uh, I I don't think anything is worth that financial risk. Your um your life comes before that, and and I I don't think anyone should be um putting themselves in the red uh to to please um 
a, a randomised panel depending on what day it is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. This um, is a question I ask to everyone, but I feel like you're going to have two different answers here. So I normally ask people, like, what's the item of clothing that you've had that's the oldest that you still wear or love now and I imagine that's one answer and another one to you is what is your oldest item of clothing because I imagine you've got some pretty some old birds knocking around in that cupboard right uh, this suit actually I have I have had for seven or eight years which isn't a long time really but it's again uh very sorry RuPaul it's from H&M um <laughs> and I, I bought it I got it in the sale I loved it um, and I wear it constantly because it's matching trousers as well. The day that this goes, I am gonna. I have to. I'm gonna have to take it to someone to get it remade. Like, and they'll take it apart and do do uh, recreate the pattern. I I really really love it. In terms of my oldest, oh no, actually, do you know what I do have? I have this Vivian Westwood suit that Aaron bought me because um, I supported Eddie Izzard um, in. Maybe it's 2013, um, and Aaron bought me this suit because uh, he had, you know, come into some some sort of family money uh, at the time. Not to out him as being rich because he's not anymore. Because um, he <laughs> bought this suit, um, <laughs> um, he bought me this lovely Westwood suit. Then, so that would have been that'd be a little bit older, I guess. And um, that's one I I'm too paranoid to wear a lot because I'm worried I'll ruin it because I love it. But I wore it for the Eddie Izzard shows. Um, that was, that was, that's one of my, I'm going to open this cupboard behind me to see if there's anything. Um, but I'm sure you on. must have pieces in there that are sort of 50 or 60 years old as well, oh. right? Oh, I've probably got about, yeah, I've got a cape that's about 100. Wow. Um, so it's um, a 1920s um, kind of, I don't know if this was the original colour because it's quite old, but like a sage green and black velvet um, ruffle colour, um... 20s opera cape Oof. yeah no, that's about 100. I can't believe 100 years old and you and you wear it very rarely I've got that and I've got I've got loads of oh not loads I've got two antique top hats I've got um uh, like a French opera um collapsing one so I guess that would probably be I mean those would have been like 1910 right yeah yeah so I guess that's like 110 it's that is in that's not in good condition that's it's like, because I, I got it for collapsing for traveling. Because mm. top hats are really hard to travel with because they're big. Um, but this, yeah, collapsible silk one. And it's just, it's frayed, but I still love it. I like the, the, the worse condition it gets, the more I love it. Not that I'm specifically fucking it up, but um, I've never had it repaired. It's like worn down. It's coming apart at the top. And then I've got like a German looking around like a German um, vintage German like moleskin uh, top hat as well well is there an era that you is it 20s 40s that you wish you existed in just for the fashion alone 20s and 30s 40s I'm not so keen on um I, I like it but 50s is like a no it's that's a bit too like you know uh clean mm. for me I like you know Fur collars and capes and kind of those kind of beetle looking coats where everyone looks like they're in a mysterious shroud. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I don't like cloche hats, but they look great on people. Um, yeah, that 20s, 30s, obviously a terrible time to actually be alive. Um, <laughs> but everyone looked gorgeous. They did. They terrible, did. terrible economically, politically, um, you know, but God, they look great. <laughs> is there an item of clothing you'll put on it's probably the suit you're in that you automatically feel oh I feel great in this like don't worry about anything else I just I just feel great I don't need to worry about what I'm wearing or think about yeah, it yeah I think it's this do you know what I've realised this, this, I'm going to be absolutely devastated when this one when this one has had enough or something happens to it I'll probably keep wearing it even though if it's like it's like falling apart but I've got that and I've got this um <laughs> There's another thing I've got here, which is like this. So it's it's kind of like a velvet, kind of a sports jacket, I guess. It, it what it's supposed to be, but it's got like puffy, like Tudor shoulders. Oh yeah, I can see. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like sports goth is the only way I can think. 
of doing it. And this is one that I pop on occasionally. I'll put it over like where it just seems to go with everything I have. It's slightly cropped. It's got like silk stripes that go down it. Um, and it's again like falling apart. But I just whenever I put it on, I feel nice. Oh. That's a nice yeah, one. Yeah, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Just of a texture as well. Like, I think, you, especially with your looks for Joe Black's stage, there's always so much texture in there. Do you know what I mean? There's always interesting fabric. Oh, I try, yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's not... It's it's like sequins great because it's high impact and then you've got your faux furs, um, uh, you know, your kind of drapey velvets and uh, just something that like you look and you can the way things move or the way light hits them. Um, it's I'm not like I don't really like dance costumes. You know, you kind of like stretch lycra mm. kind of things because they're I mean obviously they're very um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, helpful <laughs> for you know <laughs> existing. But for me, it just doesn't it doesn't say anything for what I'm doing. It can say a lot for someone else, like circus people. Perfect. Mm. Um, you know, because it's like shiny and they can do all their tricks. But I'm just sta- I'm standing there. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'll occasionally walk from left to right. I'll sway, <laughs> sway gently, uh, totter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like vel- velvets, velvets, uh, kind of faux, fur, faux furs and sequins. Uh, uh, beads. I love beads, but I don't have a lot of things that have beads on it because they're heavy and they're expensive. Yeah. But I just, I love the way heavy beaded fabric looks. Beautiful. And feather. It's I've I've got some capes that I got from this shop in Ireland. They're only capes, but they're all completely beaded with a high neck and they just sit to about there. And they are so heavy to wear that I'm like, even if they'd had a top of it, I wouldn't have bought it because... It's exhausting. It's like my brother has this incredibly macho vest that he puts on with weights when he runs and it feels like the most glam camp equivalent of that. <laughs> You're getting this extra workout from all the beading, but it's got some real weight to it, hasn't it? And those, you know, those vintage pieces, like you say, with the plique on, will have there's weight to them. There's work gone in there that you can feel. There's a particular kind of satisfaction you can get standing stage side at a burlesque show if someone has like a beaded outfit that if they take it off and throw it there's that boom <laughs> there's a clang as and like a bang as it hits the floor uh, and it's like oh that is like and you know that they can, that's not done with a machine machines can't do that kind of beading mm. that's got a story that's had hands that's had hands involved and it's beautiful um, yeah, that that bang. Oh, imagine it. I'm now imagining your brother in like a beaded vest. That's right. That's exactly what he wears. Yeah. <laughs> What's your relationship with shopping? Do you love it? Do you shop more online? Is it? Do, do you hate it? Is it? You know, what's your relationship with it? I love. Um, I like rooting through things. Um, that's the thing. I don't. I don't like buying clothes online. Um, because uh, as much as something will look a particular way online and can look that way on me, um, it's not, I don't think you can really get a good vibe for something online necessarily though. Or sometimes, you know, there's no choice or there's something that you know will, you know, you look at it and you go, that would be right for me. That would be right. But like, typically I don't like buying online because I don't feel like I've had a connection to like touch it and, 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 Mm. and, 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 or maybe it's not quite perfect. Oh, maybe I prefer one like this. But if I went to a shop, I could find one like that. Um, so I've missed shops open being open terribly because I love rooting through and I love going through antique shops as well because that's where you'll get like, you know, like I've got um, oh, I've got a thirties tuxedo actually, so that's pretty old. Um, again, also fall into pieces, but um, that and it was like the perfect fit. And it was just it shoved in a corner in an antique shop. Uh, just like a little bit worse for wear, but it was matching trousers, um, waistcoat and jacket. Um, uh, and I love it. And it's when I, so when I've done Marlene Dietrich, I wear it. Um, and it was like 30 quid. Wow. It, but because it, it was in a shit condition. But also it, it, it was like obviously a very particular size, but then I put it on and it fit like a glove. Um, it was meant to be. <laughs> Um, so I like I like rooting through because you just you can find something like I wouldn't think to look for a tailcoat online because I think oh I've got a tailcoat mm. but then 
you might see it in a and it might just be quite it might be just that little bit different and you know it might go oh actually the lining's this color which you won't necessarily see on a picture or mm. um you know it might have a pocket in somewhere uh, or the you know the pocket hole might be like asymmetric or there's lots of little details in clothes that you can you can spot in person or you can spot what you can do to them mm. is is another thing you go oh what if this had like what if I just turned that up and and put this on this or paired it with this you know like i've so many times i've tried on stuff and i don't you know i'm not wearing a belt and i'll go oh this would look nice belted and then if it's somewhere like beyond retro just grab a belt and try mm. it over it and go yeah great perfect <laughs> you can't do that online there's no you don't get that that thrill as well i think you know yeah. of the walking around like a like an antique superstore. Like in Brighton, we've got Snoopers Paradise, which is massive. And it's just all these different stalls, all done by different people that just sell any any number of absolute tat. You know what I mean? Like then one can have a taxidermy like baby alligator. And the next one is is selling like prosthetic eyes and then sunglasses. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's just all, it's all like wildly different. And walking around, I love that when you find something and you're holding on to it. And you're walking around the shop still. And that's when you're deciding as well if you, if, if you want it. I like that. But I always return it back to where I found it because I'm not a monster. <laughs> What's your... You must love a charity shop then or a car boot. Oh, I do. I got... There's um the Brighton charity shops. And I don't know whether it's like Brighton is actually like a bit posh. Uh, you can get quite a lot of... I found quite a lot of designer stuff in charity shops for, like, no money. So I had two pairs of Vivian Westwood trousers. They were, like, £15 each in the charity shop. And I had an Alexander McQueen shirt that was, like, £10. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Right? And my favourite charity shop find I've ever done was I found um, an 80s Thierry Muglia suit for £40 from the Martlets. Oh, my gosh. I guess they didn't know they didn't know how to price it. So, because uh, they were like, Tierra Mugler. It's not like, you know, I'm sure they'd look at Gucci and go, oh, it's Gucci. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the little old ladies that are doing the Martlets are probably not going to be that familiar with Mugler, <laughs> necessarily. You know, um, or they just didn't care when they put it at that price. But, you know, that's one of the posher charity shops when you get, like, you know a basic dress and they'll stick a really high tag price on it. Mm. But this one was cheap and I I didn't even try it on. I just panic grabbed it because I was like, no one is getting this. <laughs> and I, I bought it. That was, I wore it on when I came back on episode five of Drag Race, that kind of big, there was like a big pointy shouldered yes. snatched in jacket. That's the Mugliere jacket with the, the big um, wow. asymmetric fold over. That was that 40 quid charity <gasps> shop absolutely love it that has to be the best buy right from from a charity shop that yeah i think that that is that is certainly one of certainly one of my priorities aaron once got um in an antique shop in like somewhere in the midlands he got um an alexander mcqueen samsonite suitcase yes please for like 10 pounds or something it was not in i'm looking at it so it's like um like a weird kind of briefcasey looking thing but it's like alexander mcqueen collaboration with samsonite which i didn't even realize was a thing love it like 10 pounds but it was like filthy and he had to like scrub it up and but it's got this lovely like scary looking i say scary look i don't know how zebra print can look scary looking (laughs) but kind of a distorted zebra print lining love it camp camp (laughs) camp and go (laughs) so your style which i feel like is so iconic now on and off stage and I can see how one feeds into the other. But is this, do you see your style changing as you get older? Or you think like, because I can see what you wear on and off stage looking absolutely astounding on an 80 year old. So like, do you think this is you now? I mean, obviously there'll be developments and, and evolutions. Uh, but, you know, I think though, I cannot wait to be 80 years old looking like the wonkiest Mae West impersonator you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, still doing my, 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 you know, my scary uh, George Formby cleaning windows parody <laughs> with a big boa, like, just a bare, bare, barely, barely conscious. Um, but I always joke that I am, um, that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to look like Quentin Crisp uh, in, in the daytime. So it's, I'll have like pink rinse hair, big, I mean, big wide, I mean, I've got bright orange hair and I wear, 
big wide brims hats. Um, well, I guess Quentin Crisp actually looks a little bit like modern day Ian McKellen, doesn't he? So it's not really that outrageous. Um, <laughs> but I do, and I'll see, I mean, Brighton's obviously full of characters. Um, quite the characters. Um, and um, you'll, you'll see these kind of dottery old men in like loud print suits with big fancy hats uh, wearing like little round sunglasses and stuff and I, whenever I see them I go that is my future you know they've got a walk like a fancy walk and stick they're like hunched over they're about 102 <laughs> and they just they they're still look trying to look jazzy um it's taking them a bit longer to get dressed and I was like that is what I want and also when I see like you said about the old lady in um Iceland uh with all you know big eyeshadow and thin eyebrows um i that i want to do that i look at i love it because like you said before they it's so it's for them um and also i'm sure they get to the point when you think fuck it i don't give a shit <laughs> you know what i mean i am going if i'm you know if i'm i'm like, you go like, oh, i'm 85 i don't give a crap <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm going to walk down Brighton Seafront. If I want to wear a four metre wide brim hat, I'm going to wear a four metre wide brim hat. I'm going to have a, a cane that's in the shape of a goose and I'm going to wear a moo with it. I'll do what I want, you know. That's, <laughs> that's where I aim to be in life. Is there a night of a clothing you can still see yourself wearing at that age? Oh, God, this suit's going to hopefully be with me forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> That and I'm 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 hoping that opera cape you know holds on another hundred years because as I as I I've 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 said many times I'm not going to die out of spite. <laughs> so when I'm a hundred and hundred and thirty-two, uh, hopefully I'm still wearing that cape. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yes, please. And um, are there any trends that you've seen pass through your your years on this planet that you're like, I hope I never see you come back again. Do you know those those gelled fringes? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Them. Them. Those. Those. I mean, I'm sure you can still see them in modern day Blackpool, but um, <laughs> sorry, Blackpool. Um, never had a nice time in you. Um, <laughs> no, I have. But when I was a kid, when I was too young to know better. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, those gel fringes, those uh, still, when I see them, I'm like, where have you come from? Those, you know, the, the really thin little. Yeah. Um, I, 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 is, is there, there is a level of effort that goes into making them that small and parted and pointy, right? They're horrible. And sometimes it's when people have got a, a curl as well. And so they have these strange curls that have just soaked with gel. And yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, truly awful. I'd forgotten about them. So. Um, thanks for bringing them back into my life. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you said you're not going to die out of spite, and I fully believe in your ability to not do that. But final question, should you be buried, Joe, what would you wear? God, I'm going to have to say it, aren't I? This suit! <laughs> oh, I love it. No, maybe I'll go in that Westwood suit that Aaron got me that I'm too scared to wear. Mm. Again, out of spite. I like spite fuels me, and then no one else can have it. <laughs> like an Egyptian. That's what I'll do. King being buried with yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I'll do. And whether Klaus is, you know, Klaus, my cat, uh, whether he's uh, around or not, he's coming with me as well. <laughs> he's got a nice Christmas jumper that I think looks really charming on him. He's got the Christmas jumper, and he's got this grey one with a hood. He doesn't like the hood up, but I think it's very funny. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, he doesn't like it when the hood's up. He kind of looks at you like you've, like, wronged uh, generations of his family. Uh, you know, and that he will come for revenge. But it's got a little bobble on it. It's really cute. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to have a picture of that, mate. Um, <laughs> um, it's been so nice speaking to you. What a great chat about, like, clothes with someone who is a genuine, I feel like you're a real custodian of, of like, fashion and clothing. I think... Um, yeah, it's it's like your. I imagine your wardrobe is like a little jaunt through the V&A, and I love that when things, you know, get too damaged or whatever, that's not to be burnt or chucked away. It's like, right, what can you become? 
and it's you know ever evolving i think it's a beautiful really refreshing conversation and outlook so thank you so much for chatting to me i appreciate it thank you very much for having me it's been such a pleasure i'm glad you did it i loved it Oh, I just love Joe. Do you know what? I've got a lot of time for anyone who wears a gauntlet to school. I've always said that. Um, make sure you have a nose at our Instagram, Who You Wearing Pod, as we'll be throwing up pictures of the outfits that we talked about in the episode. And I might even trick you to a picture of my face after Joe painted me in full Disney drag. Oh, we had a really nice message about our Instagram, actually, from AJ saying, I'm loving the pictures that go with a pod, really brings it to life. Yes, I'm so pleased about that. I'll get better at sort of describing, because sometimes I'm just so excited about what I'm seeing that I should describe it for people who aren't on the Instagram or looking at it at the same time, because we can't always get pictures of everything anyway. But I think it's a nice little space because also just chatting about stuff that's been on the episodes. Like we put up a great picture of Laura Whitmore and she was wearing, you know, one of those cardigans, the small cardigans. And then we were chatting about like, oh yeah, do you remember how we all had tiny cardigans for a bit? I absolutely love the nostalgia. Um, the messages and conversations I've been having about this podcast are so lovely. Um, I'm genuinely delighted that so many of you are enjoying it. It means an awful lot. I had a great message from Heather. Um, she messaged after Laura's episode to say, what a fab episode. I love the discussions of ethical clothing and fashion, wearing things more than once, and the memories that come flooding back from being a skint youngster, sharing clothes with friends, mixing and matching our outfits to make them look different. Oh my God, I totally agree, Heather. That thing of like one massive collective wardrobe was so joyous and it's mad that we don't have that now. And I was like, why don't I have that? And I think it's because I'm fatter than all my friends. (laughs) Also, I've got such like outlandish taste that I think people are like, I'm going to a fancy dress. Can I see if you've got anything that I can borrow? And you're like, absolutely. Oh, my day wear. Yeah, no worries. Um... So I'm going to take a little bit more of your time here to bang on about a small business that I love. So this week, it's Let Us Pretend. It's owned by Susie and she makes really special items for adults and kids, including capes and berets, all things that I can absolutely see Joe pulling off with aplomb. The business is inspired by her kids and their endless capacity to pretend. I bought my goddaughter one of um, her capes for a birthday. And seeing her singing Frozen in it makes my heart just explode with joy. I've got a mid-length and a mini cape myself because if you feel like a hero, why not dress like one? But genuinely, I always get compliments on them from girls and gay guys who are the only people I'm looking for approval for when I get dressed. Susie uses the offcuts from capes to make all sorts of other bits as well, like bunting and face masks. And if she's not too slammed, she might even do you a custom order. So have a look at Lettuce Pretend on Instagram. I think you'll genuinely love her stuff. Also, her favourite films are The Wizard of Oz and Rocky Horror. What is not to love? Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, can you give us a nice rating? It'll help more people find us. And I just want as many people to listen as possible. Next week, I'll be chatting to musician extraordinaire Cher Adelkan. It's a particularly special and candid episode that I think you're going to love. It's not the easiest listen at times, but it's a really astounding conversation. So see you all soon. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southern. The artwork is by Mario Phillips and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.